الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الا بذكر الله تطمئن القلوب وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ان الحياء من الايمان او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters for the past few weeks we had been discussing the topic of haya the importance of this fundamental quality of deen some mention of haya in the quran sharif some ahadith of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam on the subject we discussed to continue with this discussion first one incident which allama ibn jawzi rahimahullah a very great scholar many centuries ago he has written this incident in one of his books he was a very great and very prolific author and a great muhaddith so this is a authentic incident that he has narrated this incident highlights a very fundamental aspect of our deen and that is the importance of haya in every respect and how the lack of haya can destroy everything that is the lesson for us to take the incident he narrates took place in egypt at that time now we going back many many centuries and at that time there was this incident that happened where a muazzin climbed up towards the minaret of a masjid to give the azan now this was his task so he went up to give the azan when he went up to give the azan now he was on a high point the minaret is much higher and we going back so many centuries ago so there weren't high rise buildings all around if there was any bigger building it would have been at the most a kind of double story as we call it but it's very very unlikely and very rare if there was anything beyond that in that zamana and time that you would get a kind of triple story let alone a high rise building so it is all generally single story structures simple structures and all around would be these small homes these little homes so any case this muazzin climbed up on the minaret so he is now on quite a high point and being on the minaret you can see all around so in the neighborhood some new family had moved in that new family was a christian family so not being too bothered about hijab because it doesn't apply to them in that sense though in that time even the disbelieving woman 
were very 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 much modest then what is hard to say it but the reality is then what many Muslim women are today because that was the common level of modesty and shame in every community illa mashallah so in any case but because now they were not Muslims so they didn't have the aspect of niqab and hijab that they were really concerned about so there was one girl of this house young girl who had come onto the rooftop a rooftop like a roof garden kind of situation so it's completely uh, visible from above maybe not from the road side but from above now this person had climbed up the minaret so this girl wasn't concerned now that somebody can see me here and uh, I'm in an exposed situation so now in this Mazin climbed up his gaze happened to fall on her at that time shaitan overtook him and as soon as he completed the azan he came straight down to the house so when he came to the house he knocked on the door he knocked on the door the father happened to open the door so he said to the father that look I am so and so you are new in town you are new in the neighborhood he said yes we moved in see there was this girl on the rooftop see well that's my daughter so he proposed immediately that I want to get married to her so when he put forward this proposal whatever the reason was that the father so quickly accepted Allah knows whether it was calculated to make this person leave his iman or whatever the case was he said to him look your proposal is accepted on condition that you give up your deen and you become a Christian now can we imagine what a condition and now this person was a muazzin but in that moment because of this lack of haya that was displayed he got caught up in that and he didn't guard his gaze also that was a major wrong of his that that initial unexpected glance to start off with now knowing that he's going on a higher point he should be more careful now he didn't observe the care that was necessary and he didn't guard his gaze then perhaps that initial unintended glance that happened by accident he didn't immediately move that glance away so now he got caught up in this so any case he came and he proposed and the father now accepted the proposal but the proposal was accepted on this note that you must become a Christian in that moment he got so overtaken by whatever his emotions were and now this is the other aspect that we need to just bear in mind we will come to this just now that just think about how in one short moment from where to where a person can fall now, he was a Muslim he had just completed giving the adhan and calling people to Allah Ta'ala declaring Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Allah Ta'ala is the greatest 
am declaring that Hiya ala salah, come to salah, Hiya ala falah, come to success. And he declared the shahadatain. And now, just having completed the azan, he comes down, having just declared, Ashadu Allah ilaha illallah, Ashadu Anna Muhammadan Rasulullah. Now he's being told that if you are prepared to give up your deen and become a Christian, then we are prepared to give our daughter to you. And he accepts that condition. He says, fine. Nawazubillah. So now when he accepted, he said, fine. So the father said, then there's no need to delay. Let's go now and we'll get my daughter ready as well and have this uh, wedding performed. Get you married. So now they are going upstairs. She was on the rooftop. So they are going upstairs. So it might not have been the kind of staircase that it's more like a kind of ladder kind of stairs. So as they're going up, or whatever kind of stairs it might have been, Allah knows. Now to me in mind that this person, Nawazubillah, already forsook his iman because when he accepted to become a Christian, he accepted to give up his iman. That is already kufr. So now in that state he is walking up towards us. Maybe whatever shaitan put in his mind that look get married now and then after you get married because now this desire had overtaken him shaitan and nafs were now blinding him to the realities he was now overtaken by this intoxication of passion this is a an intoxication which is worse than a very hard drug is worse than the intoxication of somebody who is caught up in drinking somebody is caught up in other sins of that nature this is also an intoxication so any case now he probably shaitan put in his mind don't worry you get married now and then later on after you married now you already married so you you now secured this person then you can also become Muslim again and try and make her Muslim also what not shaitan might have put in his mind Allah knows but this is how shaitan normally drives a person towards total destruction by making the person feel that no there's a chance to do it this way that way get the wrong done now and sort it out later too you did the wrong too and you got sorted out too and everything will carry on fine you do the sin now and make toba later everything will be fine now everybody keeps making toba you to make toba later so in this false hope Shaitan puts a person in this false hope that I will become good later. It's a false hope because we don't know what's later. We don't know whether our life will still be there later. That's the false hope. Yes, if life is there, there's always hope that inshallah a person will get the chance to rectify his life. Therefore, we should never look down upon anybody. We have no idea what can be the situation tomorrow. Till that person has life, there's every chance that he might make amends, repent for the past become a good Muslim, become a true sincere person, all those possibilities are there so in any case, be that as it may this person now is going with the father of this girl climbing those stairs to go now and work out the details of how quickly to get this marriage done as they are walking he slips on the stair. Something happens and his leg slips, his foot slips. And when his foot slips, now a staircase. 
So when a person falls on a flat surface, then he falls, it might be not so dangerous, he might break a arm or something sometimes, but it's not so serious generally. But a staircase can become very dangerous, because now a person just comes tumbling down. And that's exactly what happened to this fellow, that his leg slipped, his foot slipped, he came tumbling down in the meantime, the way he fell, he twisted his neck and he died. Now he had already just given up his Iman, Na'uzubillah, and he gave up his Iman for the sake of this Christian girl, neither he got her, and nor he got Allah, because he abandoned Allah Ta'ala for her. But he left this dunya on kufr, and neither he got dunya also. Khasirat dunya wal akhirah, dhalika huwal khusranul mubin. He lost out dunya, and worse, dunya is, what is dunya really? He lost out akhirat as well, he lost out everything. Dhalika huwal khusranul mubin. Now, this, list, this incident has many lessons for us. Many a times people take it for granted that we can fool around with some things, fool around with some chats, fool around on some websites, or look at certain things, or just dabble in some other issues, and don't worry, later on we'll sort it all out. But this becomes an intoxication. It takes over a person's heart and mind. They thought they were just now fooling around, or somebody now, they were feeling very thrilled about somebody now flattering them, all stupid kind of false flattery. Because that person too, how he's flattering one person, he's flattering ten others, and making everybody feel, no, no, I really, you are the person. And he's telling ten people the same thing, maybe more than that to twenty people. And this is not just a... Uh, just a thought or imagination that it happens like this this is something which first hand people have come and explained what they were up to before when finally the uh, moment of understanding and, and truth came to them then they made sincere toba and they stopped all the wrong they were doing but in that process they mentioned how they were carrying on what they were doing and say I was chatting up this girl here and that girl there and so on and 10, 15 and I was telling everybody no, only you until someday somebody even caught up with him and between them they were discussing now one person is saying to the one girl is saying to her friend now she's trying to boast about it and she's boasting about what? do you know who I'm chatting with nowadays? this person has been now sending me messages and I'm in con and he sent me the last message I'm the only one that other girl got a shock because he sent her the same message also. And now they're both talking to each other. These are realities. Why I'm saying this is that we must not be so stupid and get caught up in all this. To start off with, it's totally haram. Whether it's one person or ten people, the person is flattering. It's all haram. This is haram, illicit, and completely evil. And it can completely capsize a person's life capsize a person's deen, capsize a person's dunya also. And it's not just a theory. Allah forbid this has happened to so many people. It ruined their lives. But the other thing is the stupidity in it. That how these frauds and these uh, fellows who have nothing else but to just destroy people's lives, how they chat up others and 
in their stupidity they get caught up and they feel okay somebody is now uh, showing some interest in me so I must be somebody whereas that fellow is just wasting time he's just he's just trying to thrill himself for nothing and when the time when it comes to crunch time and I'm talking about reality I'm talking about reality not one not two not three many times has it happened that when some youngsters come and then they, they now are their conscience is bothering them it's a month of Ramzan for example and now somebody started reflecting on his life and now he's feeling very guilty about how he's carrying on so now he comes and he says no I'm chatting to this girl and so on he said well if you're chatting with her how long are you chatting with her he said well six months one year somebody two years and say sometimes whole half the night is gone in chatting with her See, well, by then you must get married to her. He said, no, 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 I'll never get married to her. See, why you so long you're saying you're chatting to her? One year, two years are gone. So why you don't get married to her? No, she's not marriage material. In his mind, he's already confirmed that she will never be the one that he will select for marriage. But till he decides to get married, he is thrilling himself and he is making her feel like she's somebody. But when the time comes, he's going to drop her like, now that is going to be her punishment. From Allah Ta'ala's side also. But he's doing his haram, and what she's doing is haram, he'll catch his punishment in his own way, unless Allah Ta'ala forgives, and the person with toba. But now, if she doesn't stop her wrong, this is sometimes the punishment, how it comes. They become so-called emotional wrecks. And, again, this too is not, again, just imagination. This is the reality also. I've received correspondence, not from one, two, from several, many times, when now somebody out of the blue, out of the blue, they just heard the person who was chatting with them all this while. They just heard tomorrow is getting married. So up to see, but just about three weeks ago we were talking. So the talking was jayis, it was permissible, it was haram, it was not permissible. So now why are you complaining? See, but now I'm an emotional wreck. I'm just suddenly the shock has now is. But that's your own doing. He's done wrong, and you also done wrong. So now you're suffering the consequences of the wrong. And then people would say this that he's just making a fool of you. You thought you're too good. You thought you are too clever and too intelligent. So now you're suffering the consequences of it. So this is a fire, and there are many people trying to light these fires and to burn you in it. So don't get burnt in it. But way, what is the root issue here if there was Haya this girl would have never entertained that conversation to start off with that this is a non-mahram how can I be ever communicating with a non-mahram like this what is the breaks what is the aspect that would become a means of protection it's Haya nothing else and therefore in the Hadith Sharif that we discussed already Nabi Islam says Ila ida fatakal Haya um, uh, that if haya is not there you'll do what you wish so now that this is a non-mahram this is not somebody that I am permitted to talk to permitted to have any kind of contact with so why am I doing this I can't do this it's not supposed to be done I should never entertain any such contact I should never have any contacts of this nature on my phone and if this phone is such an instrument that is getting me caught up in this haram I mustn't have the phone also now what will make a person deal in that manner? haya 
But if Haya is dropped, there have been girls, unfortunately, they are entertaining two, three fellows talking to them. Now, can we imagine what a level to stoop down to? And they feel, they feel so thrilled about themselves. See, I got three, four people on the line. These are things which are not easy to talk about, but this is a scourge. This is something that has become an epidemic. And it's become necessary to discuss this and address it and make ourselves aware of what a problem this is creating so that we don't fall into this disaster. Now, can we imagine what a level to stoop to? It's a very harsh word to say, a very harsh word to say, but this is something to reflect upon that now somebody who stoops on this level, somebody who is chatting with one person to is haram completely. Haram, completely haram. But now somebody is stooped to this level, she is thrilling three, four people. Is this not already like Allah forbid, Allah forbid this is not putting a title on someone, but is this not becoming like that loose woman on the street? Who is, who's got no morals, no shame, standing at some street corner, is this not in a way resembling that? That one person told that illicit chat with him is totally haram, but this is now a resemblance with that person. It's gone even far beyond imagination of how bad it is now. And unfortunately, in some quarters, people come and give these kind of reports that that is a sense of achievement for many. That look, this is how I carry on. See how many contacts I got and what, what I am carrying on with. That is like a kind of sense of achievement. This is what Rasulullah foretold and warned about. That kefa bikum munkara ma'rufa wal ma'rufa munkara. What a state my ummah will become at a time when they will start regarding the evil as good. The total shamelessness will be regarded like an achievement something that's resembling that woman, I'm trying to avoid using the actual word, that woman out on the street corner, who is there to uh, destroy her every bit of her modesty, she doesn't have any bit of it left in any case somebody who's now gone into a direction of resembling her that is becoming like a kind of achievement la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-alil how low can a person stoop? But what, where this starts off from? It starts off when Haya starts becoming eroded. It starts off from one point. It doesn't happen overnight. It starts off from casual intermingling sometimes with cousins, whoever. Then one thing leads to another. Then it goes on to things on the phone. Then now somebody starts making contact. So the Haya levels have already dropped. So it's the response now just becomes almost spontaneous because now the higher levels are down so when a person is very weak physically then any virus attacks the person can't defend it the body doesn't defend then that virus just hits and the person becomes sick so likewise when the level of higher is down it's like the immune system has now weakened tremendously now when the immune system has weakened any virus is just going to attack now one, one somebody sent one message somebody, that's a virus now that's a very, that's a poisonous virus that message is no 
uh, good for us. It's a virus, but now the immune system is already almost paralyzed. So that virus just hits. In one message, the person is just dropped, haras. And they just go headlong into that sun. And then, sometime later now, when the eyes open, and now the person says, no, no, this is wrong. By that time, the damage is so deep, sometimes it's hard to sort it out. It's hard to clear up the situation. And it's hard to put the matter into, again, to clear up in, in a way that it doesn't become an obstacle for the person's future good. Now she stopped all that, she's given up all that evil, she's now made toba from it, but that becomes a thorn in her way. Now when some proposal, somebody is intending to propose, somebody else is telling him, hey, better watch out where you're going, because I know something else about here. These are all realities. Allah save us, Allah protect us. But the lesson in all this, we should not take chances in this regard and the, the aspect of haya we should never allow this to get compromised so this was that incident of which uh, mentioned about how this person lost his iman uh, that is where we had started off from that in the hadith sharif Nabi Sallallahu mentioned innal imana wal haya'a qurina jami'a that Iman and Haya are together. They are together. Ida rufi ahaduhuma rufi al akhar. When one goes, the other will go. This incident highlights how this happens. This is a like a explanation of the Hadith Sharif. That look, this is a reality. Don't take it for granted. It's not something to just just wish away. That okay, fine. No, I don't think it's so serious. This is the reality. This person lost his Haya in that moment. He lost his iman also. He got ready to give up his deen. And in that moment life went. He died on kufr. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. So there is a calculated effort out there to destroy the haya. Because we might have heard about this. And this is something which many senior ulama who have gone to Palestine. And they walked into the lands of where the Jews are currently occupying, etc. And they've come back and they gave an eyewitness report. What is this eyewitness report? All over the place, these Jews are planting a tree called Gharqad. Now, what is this all about? Why are they doing this? Now, this is a lengthy discussion, but in one Hadith Sharif, it is, that it is mentioned that close to Qiyamad, uh, when the wars will break out then at that time everything will speak and it will give away the hiding place of the Jew and you say to others that a Jew is hiding behind you you can come and take care of him but one thing won't speak and that is the gharqa, the tree now why it won't speak and why other things will speak Allah Ta'ala knows, we don't know we don't have to get into that detail but what I am getting at is that they have studied this. They have studied it and they have yaqeen in it also. That this is going to happen like this. So they are doing what they think will be a means of protection for themselves by planting these trees. Now just as they have studied that and they have yaqeen on it also, though they don't 
follow it, but they have yaqeen that this is the reality. It will happen like this. So they are going ahead and planting all these numerous trees. Likewise, they have studied this hadith as well. That iman and haya are joined together. Now they know they can't come and na'uzubillah tell somebody to give up his iman. Generally, it won't happen. If somebody of the street just comes and tells a Muslim that you must give up your iman, he probably might start fighting with him, chase him away. So that won't happen so easily like that. So what they are doing now is that if iman and haya are co-joined, if they are together, and now the whole idea is to get Muslims to na'uzubillah give up the iman, abandon the iman. So the simple uh, strategy is break down the haya completely. They themselves na'uzubillah will give up the iman. So there is this calculated effort to break down this haya. And in so many ways this haya is being totally demolished in dressing, in functions, in manner of day-to-day life. In so many things this haya is being completely demolished. There is no name of haya left in many things. I have mentioned this on many occasions where some women have written asking that if I don't go to a certain family function, would I be sinful and guilty of breaking family ties or is it fine? And the reason why I am asking the question is that I can't be there. It's a woman only space. There's no intermingling taking place there. But the way the women are dressed, I can't be there. I just can't manage it. Now, a woman can't handle it how this dressing has gone. So what this shows, that this has become, that haya is gone, is gone in so many quarters and so many circles, there is no name of that haya left. So, this is the calculated effort of the enemies of Islam, that they are trying their utmost to make the believers give up their iman. But they have used this as the strategy, that you break down their haya, and if the haya breaks down, then their iman, this is already stated, that if the haya goes completely, the iman will go with it. And this is an every other day thing. How many marriages are taking place with non-Muslims? Girls are running away overnight with non-Muslims. Why? How can this happen? Is this imaginable? But it's happening. So how is it happening? Because that haya broke down first. It only can happen if there's no haya. And then everything is let loose. So this is not just something that's an optional thing. By the way, fine, it's a good thing. You do it, so it's good. If you don't do it, not so... No, this is a protection of everything. Protection of one's iman, protection of one's deen and dunya. Everything is protected in this haya. And if this haya breaks down, everything will fall. One's deen and dunya, everything will get destroyed. So we have to make dua also for this, daily. Ya Allah, you grant me the reality of haya. Daily we must make dua for this. Inshallah, our Muslims will keep reminding us, maybe at the end of every lesson, for they'll just remind us that for one minute, for half a minute, make dua for haya to be kept, to be kept up in our lives. Allah Taala grant us the reality of haya. Make dua for the haya to be brought alive in the whole ummah. That Allah Taala make this haya come alive in the whole ummah. Haya in every sense of the word. So this dua also, and together with the dua, the necessary effort that we have to make. What is this necessary effort? So inshallah, 
in the coming weeks we will try and discuss that as well Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alam اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير وجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه المعين والحمد لله